we magnify you, God. We lift you up, God, because you're worthy of the glory. You're worthy of the honor. You're worthy of all the praise. And God, we know through our praise, God, there is a breakthrough. So we thank you, God, that through praise, there is a breakthrough. So we praise you, God, in spite of God. We honor you on today. And Father, I thank you that as I open my mouth, you have already filled it. I thank you for giving me the tongue of the learned that I may speak a word in season to those who are weary on today. I thank you, Father God, that the Holy Spirit is here, God, to release the power, God, which will come from your word on today. I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ and it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And God, I thank you on today, Father God, that I hear you say that we are lenders and not borrowers on today. We are above and not beneath. We are the head and not the tail. God, we're blessed in the city. We're blessed in the fields. We're blessed in the fruit of our womb. Everything that our hands touch on today, God, is blessed. For you have given us power to get wealth on today, God, in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for that on today. And God, I thank you that the people's hearts are open and receptive to receive what you have to say to them on this morning, God. And I thank you, Father God, that as they receive the word, God, they keep this word in their heart and they guard the word. And God, as they guard this word, they're guarding it, God, so when it come out of their mouth, they will receive what you have already given. God, we give you glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's see what the Lord has to give the body of Christ on today. Open your Bibles to 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, verse 13. 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, verse 13. I believe God has a word. Amen. And we want to be attentive unto the word of God because it is his word. We want to honor his word on this morning. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 13. The word of God now reads. We have the same spirit of faith according as it is written. I believe and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Let me read it again. We have the same spirit of faith according as it is written. I believe and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. I want to talk about faith has a voice. Faith has a voice. But before we go into this word, I bind all confusion in the name of Jesus. I come against the spirit of confusion and I lose peace in the midst of this room. And I say, peace be still in Jesus' name. And I hear the spirit of the Lord say, the struggle is over. Hallelujah, God, we give you glory. I want to go back from um, last Sunday and, and go back to what God has given me for this Sunday. We talked about coming out of Bethsaida, and Bethsaida was a place of unbelief. And this was a place that Jesus went into previously, and they would not accept the mighty works that Jesus done in Bethsaida. So he was telling them to repent, to mean to think differently, to have a change of mind. So God is telling us that we have to think differently to have a change of mind in order to come out of a place of unbelief. We went over several scriptures where this man had brought his son to the disciples in order for his son to be healed. The son was manifesting himself. They were seeing the son just throwing himself all over the place. And we know that it was a spirit 
that was operating through that son. So the disciples could not deliver that son. So they bought the son unto Jesus. And Jesus called them faithless generation. And the reason why he said that, because he knew that some unbelief was there. And when he said that, we see that Jesus did deliver that son. But the man, when he brought the son to Jesus, this man said, I believe. Help my unbelief. We all in this place, some of us are in this place where we believe God, but there's some unbelief that's present. How did that unbelief become present? Because when the father um, brought the son to the disciples and the disciples could not deliver the son, then unbelief came in the picture. This happens to us. You may be standing on a word and you may be believing God and you know that God's word is true. You know that what God has told you is truth. But there may be a situation that pop up in your life and you looking at that situation and yet you're saying, God, I know you're true, but this is in front of me today. This is when you got to do just like the father done and say, Father, I believe, help my unbelief. And see, Jesus stepped in right at that moment because he hurt his heart. He knew deep down inside that he believed him. So Jesus began to manifest the power of God in front of that man to let him know that God's word don't come back void. So we do have situations in our lives that we're standing on the word, but things begin to come at us and they begin to come at us in a way that we know in God I'm standing, but God, this is in my way and what's in your way is unbelief. And the reason unbelief come in in the picture is because of your focus. It's what you're focusing on. So the Lord want me to bring today, faith has a voice. All of us began to speak certain things. And the things that we, we speak, we believe or we say we believe what we're speaking. But time will tell on what you believe. And this is why um, God was saying faith has a voice. When you begin to speak, you're speaking what you believe. That's your faith. And we walk by faith and not by sight. I'm going to say it again. We walk by faith and not by sight. And what we have to understand is we're spirit beings. People cannot see your spirit, but people see your body. In order for them to see the real you, it takes the word of God. It takes for you to be in the word and to be living the word. Some of us is speaking the word, but our life is not projecting what we're saying. That's when people realize, and you're not where you need to be. Because you're saying one thing, but you're living another. We got church folks saying something about God, but living totally opposite to God. This is what I noticed. We can stand when everything in our lives look good. We can preach to everybody. We can tell them they're healed. We can tell them they're delivered. We can tell them they're prospered. We can tell them that they have peace. We can tell them that they have joy. We can quote the quote the quote. But I'm here to tell you, you quit quoting the quoting the quoting when it comes to your house. I'm just going to say it again. We can get out there and preach and proclaim and tell people that Jesus is Lord. We can say all of these things, but when it hit your house, does faith have a voice? Does faith still have the voice that you've been talking about? There's a difference, y'all. That's when you know where you are. 
That's when you know what you believe. You can easily tell someone they're healed, but when something hits your body, can you tell your body that you're still healed? Does faith still have a voice in your house? You can tell somebody you're pain-free, but when pain hit your head, can you say you still pain-free? If we don't understand faith, we're going to continually do what we do and try to fix it ourselves. The problem is in the body of Christ. Because we're the ones that's supposed to be projecting him. How can you project something to somebody else and you ain't doing it yourself? How can you tell somebody else what the word says and you ain't living it yourself? This is what I have learned. People can tell other people, this is what you need to do. This is how you need to handle that situation. So you tell them that. But when that situation hit your house, what are you saying to that situation? What are you doing about that situation? It is easy to agree with someone until you get in their place, in their position. I have seen so many people tell people, you shouldn't be doing this. But when the opportunity to come to your house to scratch a number to get money, what are you doing? You shouldn't be scratching them numbers, but then we justify why we scratched them. I had a dream. Now we're trying to be like Martin Luther King. I had a dream one day. And the Lord gave me the numbers. No, you lay down thinking about them numbers. Thinking about scratching your way out of debt. And you woke up with a number. And guess what? The number hit and say, God did it. That was just a way of the enemy dragging you into his plan. You better know what God is doing. It's so easy to agree with the person. When you're not going through that situation. But when you get in that situation, are you still in agreement? We always give an opinion, y'all. But is our opinion based on what he said? That's why God, when he bought me this, he said, faith has a voice. And this was Paul speaking. Paul only spoke what he believed. And I want y'all to understand this. We got to get in position, the position that God would have us to be in, not in the position we put our own self in. We can't even go out and proclaim the gospel because we're trying to proclaim it the way we want to proclaim it instead of the way that it's already laid out. We want to proclaim it the way somebody else is proclaiming it, but God wants you to proclaim what's in you, and what's in you is what's going to come out of you, so quit trying to make up something. The more the word get in you, that's what's going to come out of you. So when God began to show me this, he took me back to Genesis again. Y'all, you find everything in the beginning. And in the beginning, we know that the, the world was in darkness. It was, it was void. It was empty. Y'all, there was nothing there. Darkness was upon what? The face of the deep. But I thank God for Jehovah, the self-existing one, the one that know what we need and when we need it. He's the creator. He's Elohim. And he will do whatever need to be done and when it need to be done in the timing that it need to be done. So when God came in on the scene, he he knew there was darkness. He knew that there was void. It was empty. There was nothing there. But then the Bible went on to say that the Holy Spirit 
was hoovering. He was waiting. What was he waiting on? The voice of faith. See, he was sitting there waiting on the word of God to be spoken. And the Bible says that as God said, let there be light. The Holy Spirit, when he heard the word of God, when God breathed upon what he was saying, light come into existence. Did God have to wait to see the light before he knew there was going to be light? No, that's what faith does. See, we're waiting to see something before we believe something. We're waiting not to feel something before we believe that we're healed. When God said you heal, it ain't about how you feel. It's about what he said. Our problem is we're waiting for the pain to stop before we believe God. You should believe it stopped even before you ask God. Because he's still God. We be checking ourselves. Let me see if I feel that anymore. Let me see if that still exists. That ain't faith. That's not faith. The world was void. It was empty. There was nothing there. But the Bible said through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed, were complete by the word of God. But it took faith in order for it to happen. You cannot just go speak something and don't believe what you're speaking. And you can't keep saying it over and over again to just believe it. The word is what it is. You have to take the word for what it is. And that's what God does. And the Bible says that he's upholding all things by the word of his power. That means, I want y'all to understand something. We're waiting on God to do something. We're waiting on him to do something in the White House. To your house. And God said, I done done everything. See, faith has a voice. It could be a negative voice or it can be a supernatural voice. And most of the majority of us is speaking in the negative voice. We're speaking against the White House instead of speaking what the word of God has to say to the White House. And even in your house, when things go on, you can't say, help me, God. God said, I done gave you help. Use what I have given you. We're praying to God instead of speaking to the situation. God already know what's in you. God already know where you at, y'all. This is why faith has a voice. Paul went everywhere speaking what he believed. He said, I'm not ashamed of what? The gospel. Why? Because it is the power of God unto salvation. If the gospel is not spoken, the power don't get released. The Holy Spirit released the power as the gospel is spoken. Some of us ain't speaking gospel. Some of us is speaking nonsense. Oh, I bind offense in the name of Jesus. Because how can you speak something that you ain't been in? We're trying to do like everybody else, but I'm going to tell y'all something. This is what I have learned. I have to get it for myself. I can't wait on nobody to give it to me. See, you waiting on people to give you something, and you already got what you need. The only thing they're going to do is add to what you already got, and it's going to be the same thing that you got. They're just bringing you confirmation to where you've been. Have you searched the scriptures? Have you been in the word of God to know what I'm saying is true? 
Because if you've been in here, your baby would be leaping to the truth that you're hearing. And that's when your faith become active because you already been there, done, done that, done lived that. And you know that God is speaking to you today. Faith has a voice. And the just shall live by faith. That's the only way you can live is by faith. No other means. You can't even depend on your money. Because money leave as quick as you get it. That's why you got to know what you're doing with it. Some of us trust in money because it's in the bank. But when the money leave the bank, where's the 32? Your face look like it's sick. Your body hurting. You got a headache. You're walking lopsided thinking your hip is out of joint. And people thinking, what's going on with you? Why are you sick? I don't think I am. Well, what's going on? I'm broke. You can talk the talk when you got money in the bank. You can tell somebody to give something when you got something. When you ain't got nothing, you don't say nothing. See, it's easy to give when you got. Oh, let me rephrase it. Some of you got and still don't want to give because you're stingy. That's what you call stingy. Oh, we bind offense in the name of Jesus. Amen. But we see that faith has a voice and God, understand, God didn't use his hands. He used his mouth. There is life and death and the power of your tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Why do y'all think that when people speak something negative to you, it cuts you like a knife? Because there's power in your words. And the enemy knows that. He does not want you to speak faith-filled words. Have you noticed the more faith-filled words you speak, the more attack come at you? The more you say what God is saying, seem like the pain get worse. Or seem like you're losing your mind and can't even think about what God is saying. Because the enemy is bringing up all of that stuff that you have suppressed down deep on the inside of you that you haven't dealt with. And the moment you begin to speak the word, that stuff become up like vomit. And it begins to block what the word of God is doing in your life. And then you quit speaking and you roll over in your mess. He don't want you to speak words filled with faith. But God is telling us how to do it here. God spoke words to create the world, everything that needed to be created, God spoke it into existence. Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. In order for you to see what God is saying, you have to believe it first. And when you begin to believe something, you will begin to see it while you speak in it. Anything that you talk about, I don't know about you, I get a picture of it. Don't you get a picture? How about a movie that you saw that you come to believe in? You began to talk about that movie and you got pictures going ahead of you while you're talking. And you can tell them verbatim what that movie was about. When it comes to the word of God, you have to sit there and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, I know where it's at. Wait a minute, let me think about it. Let me see, let me see. Holy Spirit, help me. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You got to drum that up. Because that has not become so much a part of you as what you just watched. See, the enemy want the natural to become so much a part of you that you forget that you're a supernatural being. But God, when he spoke the word, 
God had faith in what he was speaking because it is his word. I want y'all to grab hold to this. This is God's word. It is not our word. And the Bible tells me that he changed not. He is the same today, yesterday, and forever. The word of God tells me that God is not man that he shall lie. Neither the son of man that he shall repent. That means he ain't going to change his mind. God said, have I not said it? Shall I not do it? Have I not spoken it? Shall I not make it good? Let me tell you something. This is the voice of faith speaking to you this morning. And if you got a promise that's in you, when that word is going forth, you should be rejoicing because you know it's the voice of faith. We know where people are. Because when God's word is being spoken, that baby is leaping. Because that's where you're being. And then God reminds us. He said, when you speak my word, he said, my word ain't coming back to me void. It's not coming back to me empty. But he said, my word is going to what? Go forth. It's going to accomplish that which I please. And it's going to prosper in the thing that I have sent it to do. See, God is not going to be made a liar because God's word is true. He said, my covenant will I not break. Nor alter the things that have come out of my lip. God said, my word shall remain. Everything is going to pass. He said, but what I said is going to remain even if you ain't here to see it manifest. My word don't change. Mm -mm. It doesn't change the word that he spoke to these patriarchs. Some of them were not even here to see that word, but God allowed them to see it. Even when they weren't in the midst of it, God showed it to them openly. So they believed what God said. And we are getting what God spoke to them today. Because still, they still believe God. Our problem is we want God to show us. Let me tell you something, believers. God shouldn't have to show you anything. Because the day that you accepted Jesus Christ, guess what? The gospel, the good news concerning the kingdom, concerning Jesus Christ, which was bringing the kingdom, he proclaimed that good news. He said, repent, have a change of heart, have a change of mind, think differently because the kingdom has come unto you. He said, your thinking has to change. How does the thinking change? Because Jesus is bringing the way of the kingdom unto them. He said, I'm bringing you my way of doing things. So he healed the sick. He cast out demons. What else did he do? He allowed money to come forth. He allowed food to come forth. He was bringing the kingdom unto them. He was proclaiming. He was teaching. And as he done these things, people were healed. Because the kingdom was manifesting itself in front of them. Faith has a voice. Jesus had to speak it. That's why the Bible said, God called those things that be not as though they were. So that's why you have to speak things into existence that be not as though they were. I'm pulling out of the supernatural and I'm putting in the natural what I want to be. Because in the natural, it's not the way God want it to be. So I'm going to pull out of the kingdom the way I want it to be. Though it look this way, that's not what kingdom is doing. So I want kingdom down here on earth. So I'm going to say to that mountain, whatever it is, be thou removed. Because that's not 
prayed. And what we do is we sit there and wait on it to happen. That means that we have not come to believe that it's already happened. Anything that you believe, you don't have to wait on, you just receive. We try to wait it out. We say God is a good God. Oh, yes, he is. But when it comes to things in our lives, how good is he? He began to show me some more in the Bible, beginning with God. God is the first one that we have to look at. If God spoke things into existence that did not exist, but as he spoke it, they did exist, what is he telling us? We are spiritual beings. We got to do just like our father done. And that's what Jesus did. He represented the father. And God gave us everything we need to represent him here on earth. And the first thing we got to understand is if we don't have a relationship with him, if we don't know about him, his attributes, his way of doing things, and the first thing we need to know about is his love. When you get to know how much God loves you, And how much God don't want you to be sick. How much God don't want you to not have what's needed for your life. When you get to know your father, when things pop up in your life, you will begin to speak the word of God over those things and say, no, that's not the way my father does that. That's not what my father do. This is what my father do. God lets us know that he is our provider. So when you need something in your life, you need to say, It's already taken care of. It's already provided. Don't you know the enemy is going to come in with a counterattack and say, if it's already provided, where is it at? God has already given it to me. I bind that in the name of Jesus. I have more than enough to do what God has called me to do. So you need to say, he is my shepherd and I shall not want. And guess what? You got to stand on that. You can't say that and then go out and try to find means. You got to stand on what God is saying. That's why you got to hear from him before you react. You got to say, God, what are you saying about this situation? God, how would you want me to handle this situation? By the way, I have a helper, Holy Spirit. What did God want me to do about this situation? How did he want me to go in? How did he want me to come out? And you wait on the response from your helper, which is the Holy Spirit. It's just like having a lawyer in the courtroom and that lawyer is representing you and that lawyer, you go to that lawyer to get advice from that lawyer to know what to do concerning your case. You don't move until that lawyer give you what you needed um, to do concerning your situation. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He is your advocate. He is the one that stands Um, on your behalf and he go to Jesus and Jesus go to the father then Jesus go to the Holy Spirit and relate to us what the father has said but we're not giving the Holy Spirit an opportunity and the more you rely on him the more you can speak forth what God is saying unto you so faith has a voice and God let me know this all of us in this room have the same measure a faith according to Romans 12 3 nobody in here that's saved cannot say they don't have faith in order for you to do what God has called you to do God has given you everything you need and one thing that he has given you is faith and when things come up in our lives this is how it works go with me to Romans 10 I think we quote this all the time dealing with salvation but you know what we miss sometimes? we quote this too quick Because what we got to do in Romans 10, 9, listen at this. But before Romans 10, 9, look at verse 8. 
Romans 10, 8. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee. Even in thy mouth and even in thine heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. So it says that the word is in our mouth, the word is in our heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. What is Paul talking about? He said, the reason why I'm preaching the word of faith and I'm proclaiming it, first of all, it has to be in my heart in order for it to come out of my mouth. See, the thing is, we're saying things that we heard, which is coming from the head and not from the heart. You have to get the word of God in your heart. And as it get in your heart and it come out of your mouth, you will see manifestation from it because you're seeing what you're saying. This is why we don't just go up to somebody and say, are you saying? Don't do that. Only thing you got to do is proclaim the good news. Just start talking about the good news. And as you start talking about the good news, faith comes by hearing and hearing come by the word of God. Some people get offended when you go up to them and say, are you saved? Do you know Jesus? You don't have to do all that spill. If you've done it, hey, that's okay. You've done it. But you're supposed to begin to preach Christ. You're supposed to preach the kingdom. You're going to know whether or not they're saved and whether or not they're born again through you proclaiming Christ, through you proclaiming the kingdom. That's why you got the gifts of the spirit. When you walk up to somebody and you give them a word from the Lord, just like the woman that was in John 4, Jesus began to tell her about her husbands. He said, you not only had one husband, you had five husbands. Oh, I perceive that you a prophet. Only thing Jesus did was hold a conversation with her and then he began to speak with her. And as he began to speak with her, she began to recognize who he was. So as we begin to preach the good news, the gospel, as we begin to proclaim it, guess what? Faith come by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. And the Bible tells me here that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, how can somebody confess the Lord Jesus and never heard about the Lord Jesus we get in front of people you confess with your mouth do you believe that Jesus is Lord do you believe that he was raised they never heard about this man see that's how people bring it to you how can you accept someone and I'm gonna go down to this verse here it says how should they call on him in whom they have not believed let me say it again How should they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how should they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? I'm going to say it again. How should they call on him of whom they have not believed? And how should they believe in him of whom they have not heard? We're trying to get them to believe in Jesus and they haven't even heard about Jesus. Come on, we need to quit it. We need to tell them about Jesus. We need to tell them what Jesus came to this earth to do. The word became flesh and dwelled among us. He dwelled among us so we can beheld his glory. And he brought what? Spirit and truth. So what we have to do, the way Jesus walked the earth, Jesus what? Proclaimed the gospel, the good news concerning the kingdom. And the way you get into this kingdom is through who? It's through Jesus Christ. There is no other way that you can get in this kingdom. But I don't know about you. If somebody's presenting the kingdom to me I want to see the benefits of this kingdom have y'all ever been in a um where they were selling these Kirby's and they didn't just uh they showed you the Kirby they had to demonstrate this Kirby to you didn't they they didn't just say here I got a Kirby you want to buy it 
No, that don't work, does it? What they did, they had to tell you everything that this Kirby would do. They, they put all the stuff in the Kirby and showed you how it cleaned the carpet, showed you how it pulled up the dirt off the carpet. Didn't you like, I'm sold. How much that thing cost? Well, it cost this much. Uh-uh, I can't afford that. Well, I got something else for you. What were they doing? They were giving you demonstration. And if that didn't work, they will go to something else. Is that not right? What do we do when it comes to Jesus? <laughs> we just, are you saved? Do you know Jesus as your Lord? People want you to get out of their face. But as you begin, as the spirit leads you, as you begin to talk about what the spirit will have you to talk about, meet them where they are and begin to tell them, you know what? That person that gave you those problems on that job, God came to let you know today, be still and know that he's God. You're not going to lose your um, job because God said promotion don't come from the east nor from the west, but it comes from God. God is the one that puts up and God is the one that sets down. So know the day that God is on your side and know the day that God sees what you go through. And let me tell you, God is demonstrating himself. And the next thing you know, that person began to, you know, go in tears and say, you know what? I didn't know God loved me. I didn't know God was thinking about me. And that's when you begin to say, let me tell you about how much God loves you. God loved you so much that he gave his only begotten son. That those who what believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. God came to let you know that his love is an unconditional love. And he's going to love you outside of what you do and how you do it. Because God has sent his son on your behalf. You can't save yourself. So no matter what you try to do or how you try to do it, it won't work. God has sent his son. So when you began to hold conversation with people and not trying to sell them something, people try to sell the gospel. The gospel is free. People try to drum up little lines of stuff to try to give people what God is saying. The only thing you got to do is put the word in you. And whatever you put in you, it's going to come out of you. But it takes putting the word in you. So this is what we have to do. People are not going to believe y'all unless they hear first. Faith come by hearing and hearing come by the word of God. God was telling me, he said, this is the problem with the saints. People are not in the word in order to present the word. The more you get in the word, the more you can present the word. You won't have to live off of me or nobody else. You can live by what you read for yourself. This is why that woman in John, the fourth chapter, when she began to speak to Jesus and she sat down and she was listening to him, she began to tell them what was said unto her. And then they began to believe why? Because they heard. Listen what I'm saying. They believe because they heard. What if the woman had the experience with Jesus, but she never shared it? She went out and shared what she heard from him. As she shared it, they believe, but this is what they said. When Jesus came in on them and stayed a little while, they began to tell her, now we believe based on what we heard. See, this is why even though I'm telling you something, you got to go back in here and say, speak, Lord. Your servant want to hear you, Lord. You just don't come into church and hear what I'm saying. You got to go and open the word for yourself and say, I heard what apostle is saying, but God, I want you to speak this to me. I want this word to penetrate my very being, that it come out of my 
mouth like a two-edged sword, like a fire that devours everything around me, like a hammer that breaks the rocks into pieces. Speak, Lord. Your servant want to hear you today. I don't want to hear what nobody else is saying. God, I want to hear from you today. That's why you got to shut the door and begin to hear what the Spirit has to say concerning that situation. But if we never do this, we will never be able to voice what actually we believe. Get into the word. Let the word get into you. And we we understand that you have to hear it in order to believe it. And sometimes you may hear it over and over and over again. I may bring it. Pastor may bring it. Manny may bring it. The Gloria may bring it. Another teacher may bring it. But guess what? God is making sure that that word is being stirred up in you. It may come another way from a different person, but it's the same word. So we shouldn't be picking and choosing. We should say, thank you, Lord. I got more of that word. I'm getting full of you on today, God. So I accept that word. When we go into the word of God and we look how people were accepting the word of God, I love it so much because they spent time with God. When God had these prophets that would speak his word, they had to come before God to get the word. They had to spend time with him to know what God was going to give unto the people. Look at Jeremiah. Jeremiah was in prison. Jeremiah refused (laughs) to speak that word. I don't know about y'all, but when you're in a prison, when you're bound, when you're going through, and you say, I'm just tired. I don't want to do nothing else. Just leave me alone. Just shut the door on me. But then when you got so much word on the inside of you, the word began to be stirred up in you. And that's why Jeremiah says it's like fire. Shut up in my bones and I can't contain it. That's people that's in that word that know that that word brings life. So even in prison, Jeremiah was hearing God. Can you imagine you in prison, you in a dungeon, and it got to the point they put Jeremiah down into some nasty stuff. And they it was just nasty. But guess what? Jeremiah, when he went down there, I believe he was still believing God. God touched somebody's heart. They brought him out. Then they put him in another place, but he still spoke the word and didn't change his mind. See, the enemy wanted Jeremiah to change his mind based on his situation. But faith had a voice. And even when they brought him out of the dungeon, he still spoke what God said. Because he stood on what God said and said, God, don't change his mind. Take me back down. It's going to be the same. Bring me back up. It's going to be the same. Because I'm standing on the word. We don't supposed to change, y'all. Because situations change. God's word don't change. Even in the midst of our situation, it does not change. And what do we have to do? We have to remember what God is saying. That's why the Bible said the Holy Spirit reminds us, brings to our remembrance what God is saying unto us. That's why we call on the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, I need help right now. I'm in a situation that I don't know what to do. The Holy Spirit will bring back to you what the word has already said to you. And I don't know about you, but it brings joy. It brings joy. You have so much peace and you have so much joy. And people be like, why are you at peace? Why why are you the way you are? Because God is in the midst of this. Because this is what God said. I can't go on how I feel. I'm going to have to go on what God is saying to me. 
My grandfather, and I talk about him so much, and the reason why I, why I do, because when you raised around a man that trusts the word more than he trusts anything, you can't do nothing but say, God, I thank you for that upbringing. No matter what the situation was, no matter what you brought to this man, he said, taint so. That's not what the word has to say about that. But granddaddy, I'm telling you, it taint so. This is what the word says. Now, you can either go on what the word says or you can go on what they say. You have to choose. God give us a choice. You can either trust me today or you can trust them. You can't have two masters. So what are you going to do? Are you going to believe the word or are you going to believe what they're saying? Whom report are you going to believe? Just like Israel, Israel saw the hand of God. They saw the power of God, but yet they still would not believe God. But then there were people that just come in contact with Jesus. When Jesus spoke something, they believe it and they took it for themselves. We as Christians, this is the sad part. We as believers, when God tell us something, we want to question him and say, God, show me a sign. God, if that's you, do this right here. You shouldn't be in that stage. You should say, yes, Lord. Unbelievers are the ones that's looking for signs. You as believers are the ones that's bringing the signs. The signs follow those who believe. You're supposed to be proclaiming the gospel and the signs is going to follow you as you proclaim in the kingdom. Why are you waiting on the signs? Because we don't believe God. Read your word. Matter of fact, go to Mark 16th chapter. I did it. I don't know about you, God, if that's you. God, show me something if that's you. Everybody in this place done done it. Listen at this in Mark 16. Now listen at this. And he said unto them, I want y'all to catch this. Go ye in all, into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's the first thing that he said to them. Go ye into where? And preach what? Preach me to what? Proclaim the gospel to every creature, to everybody, to everybody you come in contact with. What we supposed to be doing? Preaching, proclaiming the gospel. Listen at this. He that believe. How are they going to believe? Because you proclaim it. I want y'all to get it. How are they going to believe? Because you proclaim it. Because they're hearing. And is baptized shall be what? Saved. But he that believe not shall be what? Damned. Is that what that say? And these signs shall follow them that believe. When we are presenting the gospel, first of all, why am I going to present something I don't believe? I'm supposed to be a believer. Is that not right? So if I'm believing the word and I'm presenting the word, guess what's going to follow the word? Anything that you present from the word, if I present healing from the word of God and I believe heal in healing, then somebody's going to be healed. Because that's what I'm proclaiming, healing. Everywhere I go, if I proclaim God is going to root up and tear down the strongholds off his people, my God in the morning, they're going to be rooted up and tore down. They're going to come up and come out. Why? Because that's what I believe. Whatever you believe is what you're going to receive. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So does he become. So whatever you're thinking about is what you're meditating on. And guess what? That's a seed. And that seed is going down in your heart. It is being planted. So the more you're thinking, the bigger the seed is growing. 
And then you began to proclaim what you've been meditating on, what's in your heart. But then he said, these signs shall follow those that believe in my name. These are the signs. They shall cast out what? Devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall what? Recover. So we as believers, we're going out and we're proclaiming the good news, the gospel concerning the kingdom. And as we proclaim it, guess what? Things are going to be manifest through what we are proclaiming. I'm going to give you proof. Go to Acts 8. Faith has a voice. In Acts chapter 8, we know about Paul and how he was um, consenting unto, uh, you know, persecuting the Christians. But guess what? It said here in verse 5, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. What did he preach? What did he preach? What did Christ preach? Kingdom. He preached. So did he have a voice? Did it have to come out of his mouth? He could not preach what he didn't believe. How did I know Philip believed it? Because he was a disciple. Philip was an evangelist. Philip was one that was chosen to be what? A deacon. Let me get on these deacons. Because when you are in a deacon status, you're supposed to be preaching the gospel. You're supposed to be proclaiming the gospel. Signs and wonders supposed to follow what you proclaiming. They chose these men as deacon to wait on these tables, not only to make sure these widows have what they need, but to manifest the power of God. You ain't going to have no deacon telling a pastor what to do. You're going to have a deacon doing what the word of God tells them to do, proclaiming the gospel concerning Christ and signs and wonders of following who? Them. So they're going to know they're part of what? The kingdom. Y'all got to understand titles are not just put out there just for you to have a name. His name is Jesus. Everybody looking at me like, what's wrong with this woman? Jesus. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. I want y'all to hear this. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake. Why did they give heed? Here's the key. Hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. They gave heed because what Philip was preaching was manifesting itself. Why? Because Philip only preached what he believed. He could not preach it, not lest he heard it. He could not hear it. He could not, um, he had to believe even what he was preaching. If you don't believe what you're preaching, it ain't going to work. You got to believe in what you're saying, not hoping that it will come to pass, but knowing that it has already come to pass because it's already been written. So when you take a passage of scripture out the Bible, you don't just take it out and just read it and give it to somebody. When you reading it, you're supposed to be applying it to yourself, getting it deep down in you. So when you begin to present it, you know it's already worked and you ain't waiting on nobody to say nothing. Because you know that the word works. Amen. And the Holy Spirit, what he does, he released the power. When the word of God is spoken, he released the power upon that word. Look at what happened. It says that 
For unclean spirits crying with loud voices came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsy, and they were lame, were healed, and there was great joy in that city. Would not there be great joy? Because guess what? The glory of, the, of God was entering in that city because Philip began to preach concerning the kingdom. What am I saying to you? You have to have a voice, and that voice has to be the voice of faith. And that voice of faith comes when you get the word of God on the inside of you. And as you begin to speak to people, you are voicing what you believe. The Lord gave me this illustration. You know, when um, a couple um, decide that they're going to be married, you know, some reason we come to the conclusion we've been, been together long enough and um, we need to just go ahead and tie the knot. You know what they call it? We're going to go ahead and tie the knot. I know you and you know me. Yes, some people know people too well. And they shouldn't be knowing them that well. Amen. Some people are living together already. And now they say we need to be married. You already done married. You're just living in the wrong way. But anyway, once you come um, and be married, the first thing that happens when you stand before that minister, that minister had to look at my husband and tell, and tell that hus- my husband to repeat after me, I, James, take, you know, calling me by my name to be your lawfully. He had to speak it. Did he not? Now, what if he stood up there and the man talking to him and he just looking down and he said, James, he said, yes. He said, repeat after me. He said, okay. So then he said, say, I, James, he looked back down and I'm looking. So he won't voice it. He won't say nothing. We can't do the ceremony because he got to voice what he believed. He had to believe that I was going to become his wife before he said it. What am I saying? If he's standing up there waiting on me to come down that aisle, he believe I'm his wife even before I come down that aisle. Calling those things that be not as though they were. And from that day that we got married, it's my wife, my wife, my wife. He's believing that I'm his wife. Why? Because it's in his heart that I'm his wife, that I belong to him, that we are one flesh. He is my husband. He belonged to me. He don't belong to nobody but God and me. He, he, he still is mama's child, but I'm first. Y'all better get it. I'm first. Just like my husband is before my daddy now because my daddy gave me to him. That means I go to him before I go to my daddy. If I got a problem with him, I'm going to go voice the problem that I have with him before I go voice it with my daddy. Matter of fact, I don't suppose to voice it with my daddy because I got the problem with him. The only way my daddy come in the middle of it is if he hit me. <laughs> then this is his voice. He ain't even have to say, did you hit my daughter? That fist is going to say, you hitting my daughter. Daddy don't work like that though. He just used a gun. I'm picking on daddy. So what I'm saying is, faith has a voice, y'all. Faith speaks. And whatever you believe, that's what you're going to speak. And I'm so grieved because we can speak so openly about how we feel about somebody, how we hate somebody, because that's how we feel and that's what we believe. But when it comes to the word of God, we back off the word. We don't speak as if we believe what we're saying. When you believe the word, you speak with confidence. You speak with assurance because you know this is what the word says. 
The word is the final authority. So Philip, he spoke what he believed, and this is why things were manifesting based upon what he believed. He had to hear it. Give you another one. The woman with the issue of blood. We talk about this all the time, but we got to understand that God wants us to see through this woman what really happened to this woman. She tried man. Man couldn't fix it. All the money was gone. Man couldn't help her. But the Bible says she heard. What the Bible say? She heard. Faith come by. Hearing come by. She had to hear the word to have faith to come to the word. So she came to the word, which was Jesus, because she believed deep down inside, because she kept saying that if I could just touch the hem of his garment, then I shall be made whole. And the woman didn't look at the crowd. She didn't look at no more what she had. She didn't deny what she had, but she said, if I can just come in contact with the word of God and touch the word of God, I know I'm going to be made whole. And she went through the crowd, and when she grabbed hold to the word, God said, you got to grab hold to it. No matter what's in your way, you still got to hold on to the word. She held on to the word. And Jesus said, who touched me? All this crowd around Jesus. But Jesus knows somebody touched me with faith. Somebody touched me because I felt the virtue come out of me. And this woman was healed. Why? Because she believed for herself. She heard concerning Jesus, the word, and she stepped out on the word. You can't only hear, y'all. You got to do what the word is saying. You got to do what you believe. Faith has a voice. I'm telling you, the reason why me and my husband are in the place that we're in, because we voice what God is saying even before we see it. Meaning that if God tell me that this is yours, I begin to voice what's mine even before it manifests because I already got it even though I don't see it. On my job, when he said, you're coming off this job. Oh, I voiced it. I voiced it for two years. I'm coming off this job. I'm going to be in full-time ministry. I'm going to be working for the Lord. Was I bragging? No. I was voicing what God was telling me. I would go to the desk of these women and they would be complaining. I would encourage them. I said, but I'm not going to be here with y'all. I'm coming off the job. They said, go somewhere and sit down, Amanda. I said, okay, I'll go sit down, but I'm still coming off the job. It ain't changing the fact that I'm coming off this job. The day came when the Lord said, put in the resignation. I want y'all to understand this. Two years later. See, God had to prepare me for what I was voicing. See, I was putting faith in the atmosphere. I was putting what God was saying to me in the atmosphere. So guess what? As I began to speak what God was saying, it was going in the airwaves. It was going all over the place. And I'm steady speaking. Every time I sat my foot on that ground, I'm coming off the job. Thank you, God, that I'm coming off this job. And immediately, let me tell you when it happened, he said, turn in the resignation. Turned in the resignation, got called in the office, and the man said, I'll give you any job if you just would stay. Now, this is how, more money, y'all, more money. And I'm sitting there, thought came in my head, mm, more money. And then the Holy Spirit reminded me of what God said. 
And he said, think about it. I said, uh-uh, I don't have to think about it. This is when I'm leaving. He said, you sure? I said, I'm sure. Y'all, when I walked off that job, my enemies was in love with me. They were giving me money. They were saying, what are we going to do now that you're not here? See, God ain't going to take you off a job and not leave peace from where he's taking you. That ain't God. God don't pull you out of a place and leave confusion in the place. When God pull you out of the place, God is left in the place. He's going to leave somebody in your place to carry out what you had not finished in that place. God don't work with confusion. God is about peace and not confusion. I walked out in peace. Faith has a voice. You have to voice what God is saying. And whatever God says, that's what you do. That's what you stand on. Jennifer Porter sitting over there when we wanted this building, never filled out for a loan. And Darlene Adams right there, Miss Accountant, helped us with the books. And Darlene had a nerve to tell me, y'all. She said, you must going to have a friend in that bank. That's what she said. Is that not your word, Darlene? She gave me the paperwork. You must going to have a friend in that bank. I do. His name is Jesus. Look, y'all, Darlene, no. It didn't look like we could get a loan. Did it, Darlene? Look, tore up. Didn't have the proper amount of funds, but I had a word. And I was going on what God was saying, and I had to voice what I believed. And I remember the bank we thought we was going to use. He said, if you don't have co-signers in that church, on that board, that's going to co-sign with good credit, I'm not even coming to Burgar. To look at your application. Oh, I said, okay. I hung up the phone and I looked to the heavens. I said, Father, I said, if you don't be my co-signer, nobody will co-sign. Because you told me, God, what was rightfully ours. And I'm standing on what you said. And immediately when I said that, God said, I want you to go put it in at this bank. I'm like, huh? God, they say this bank won't even give churches a van. And they got more money than what we got. He said, turn it into that bank. This is a funny thing. We've been dealing with that bank for years. Turned the paperwork into the bank, but before I turned it in, he said, I want you to put all this in there too. The woman let me know, y'all won't be able to get a decision to next week because we're, we're behind. This was on a Wednesday. The woman called me on a Friday and said, who did this paperwork? Jesus. I done messed up Darlene paperwork. <laughs> I done threw in some stuff I ain't supposed to throw in. She said, it is excellent. She said, but we're going to turn it in. But like I said, we're far behind. When I hung up with the lady, faith has a voice. I still begin to praise God for yet what I did not see. Y'all better understand faith. God let me know in a dream what was wrong with this building. Told my husband what was wrong with the building. Saw the keys go in my hand. Woke up Monday. He said, call the bank. Called the bank and I said, I want to check on the application. She said, Miss Bryant, like I said, they're far behind. She said, but I'm going to check it for you. They told me at the other bank I needed a co-signer and I needed over 20-some thousand dollars. That's what they told me. But faith has a voice. So that morning when I called the lady, the lady plainly told me she checked it and she said, Miss Bryant, your application have been approved. I said, well... What about my co-signer? She said, you don't need one. I said, what about the down payment? She said, you don't need that either, 100%. I'm here to tell you, faith has a voice. And the reason why I'm telling you this because 
People are depending on them to get stuff done. You can't depend on you. You got to depend on what the word of God is saying to you. What did the word say? If the word say go to the bank with no credit and no assets, go to the bank. Because God want to manifest himself in the midst of the bankers because he'll change the hearts of anybody that he want to change. And they will say, I don't know how you got it. I don't know why they approved <laughs> But it's approved. <coughs> Has a voice. So there's nothing too impossible for God. You just have to trust God and not trust yourself. Because God is on time, y'all. So he's telling you the first thing that you have to do is have faith in God. Do you know that we cannot do anything outside of God? Outside of his word, whatever his words say, that's what we have to do. God said the problem is we don't know what his word is saying because we try to fix it ourselves. If his word said that you shall live and not die and you shall declare the works of the Lord, then you're going to live and not die. And you're going to declare the works of the Lord. So you're going to go on what he says and every day you're going to say, God said, I shall live and not die, and I shall declare the works of the Lord. God said he has a plan and a purpose for my life. He has a plan for good and not evil and for me to have an expected end. God told me these things, so this is what I'm standing on is what he said. Look at Joseph. Joseph got a word from the Lord through a dream. Joseph voiced what the Lord said unto him. Guess what? He got opposition. Did he not? Because the enemy did not want Joseph to get what God was saying to him. Look what happened, y'all. Do you think you better than Joseph? Joseph went to the pit. He went to prison. But then he went to his wealthy place. Joseph was tried based on faith having a voice. Soon as you voice what you believe, the enemy is going to send demons out after you. He's going to send stuff after you to make you think God didn't say what he said. That's when you said, this is what God said. And I'm standing on what God said. And God is saying, you have to separate yourself. Everybody that's believers don't believe what you believe. I got to say it again. Everybody that know God don't believe what you believe because they're not in the word. They're believers, but they're not believing the word is true. They're going on what somebody else said. So you got to separate yourself even from believers. Matter of fact, you can't even tell them what's going on with you. Because the moment you tell them what's happening to you, they're going to tell you, quick, you better go quickly. You might die tonight. Believers. You can't tell everybody everything that's going on with you. You got to say, Lord, let the weak say that they're strong. Let the sick say that they're weak. What did he say? You got to say it. And you only say what you believe. You don't say, I'm strong, and then you go back, oh, I'm weak. You don't say, I'm well, and then, oh, I'm so sick. Get in front of the church. I'm strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. Get home, honey. Help me to chill. That's what we do in church. We talk it, but we don't live it. Then you get in church. Oh, God is a good God. Yes, he is. 
Then you get home and you're acting whining and you're complaining. We ain't going to make it. You got any money? I'm hungry. I'm tired of eating pork and beans. What are we going to do? And your husband's going to say, is God still a good God? You know he's good, but I'm hungry. (laughs) What kind of voice of faith is that? We have to stand on y'all. What God is saying to us. And things are going to come. This is what God is saying. Things are going to come to stop, try to stop you from believing what God has said unto you. Look at Paul. Even though Paul had opposition, y'all know Paul was left for dead. Y'all know Paul was beat to death. Paul went through some things. But when Paul got back up, he still preached the gospel. He still told them what God said. You're going to have problems in your life. You're going to have things that come up. I want to tell y'all something. We're bringing heaven down here on earth, but we're living in this world, but we're not of this world. So things are going to try to come upon us to make us feel like we are part of this world. That's when you got to remember who you are now that you're in Christ. You are a new creation now that you're in Christ. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have been made new. The more you focus on the new you, the more you can get through what you're going through. It is faith that overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world. It is faith. When you have faith in what he has already done, you have already overcome what's happening in the world. Y'all don't get it? Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. And you have faith on the inside of you, but to activate that faith, it comes through hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. And the more that you hear the word of God and meditate on what you hear, that's what you become to believe and that's what you speak. Some people get irritated when you speak in truth to them. And on the inside, they want you to shut up. Because they're allowing their feelings to override truth. Have you ever been around a person? You know you're telling them truth. And they so hurt by what went on in their lives that they want you to shut up. You even praying with them and they want you to hush while you praying. And they say, can y'all believe that? And then all of a sudden, the, the uh, whatever come out and say, you don't know what I'm going to do. Because they're allowing their feelings to override what God is saying. Y'all, we do that. But faith has a voice. And we have to voice what we believe. And if you believe something, you're going to voice it. Because this is why even in salvation, salvation was the hardest thing that you could ever do. If you got saved, you shouldn't have a problem with receiving everything else that belonged to you. This is why when we confess with our mouth, we only confess with our mouth what we believe in our heart. And when you begin to confess it with your mouth, that's what you believe. This is why Paul and them went round about confessing Jesus Christ. Because they believed in Jesus Christ. They believed in what Jesus Christ brought here on earth. His death, his burial, and his resurrection. So we have to get into the word, apply the word to our lives, live that word. And as we're living that word, people know who we belong to. We don't have to fake it to make it, y'all. The more you let the word get in you, that's what you're going to live by is the word of God. And again, I'm going to say, you're going to have opposition. You're going to have things that come out against you physically, 
mentally, financially, emotionally. Things are going to come, y'all. They are. But when we know what the word says, we allow the word to override what's coming at us. Your body, when your body get used to being in pain, and you're speaking to your body and you're saying, pain, you have no right to be there. I command you to go in Jesus' name. That pain is steady there. But then when you take your mind off of the pain and you thanking God, now you don't spoke to the pain and you told it to go. So now you're saying, God, I thank you that I'm pain free in Jesus name. You going on about your business. Why am I going about my business? Because I believe what I said. Then guess what? You don't even know when the pain left. But guess what happens when you set your mind back on pain? Where you at? There it is. Y'all didn't know that? Whatever you focus on is what you become. Whatever you think about is what you become. The enemy knows this. The more you focus on the word, that's what you're going to become. You're going to become word-minded. You're going to be able to live the word. But I'm going to leave you with this, with faith having a voice. Faith cannot have a voice without the word. Faith come by hearing. Hearing comes by the word. Miracle Temple, it takes the word for you to live. And if you ain't living by the word, you ain't living. I'm going to say it again. If you ain't living by the word, you ain't living. You just making it. We say we know Jesus, but you cannot know him outside of this word. And how do I know? Because when trouble come, we back up. We don't use our weapon. This is your weapon, the word of God. If you're not in the word, you're going to go for what you're hearing. You're going to go for what's happening in front of you. The more you stay in the word, you're going to proclaim the word over the situation. You ain't going to deny that the situation is there, but you knowing that situation don't supposed to be there, so you speak to the mountain. Let's go back to Mark 11. Mark 11. Y'all know about the fig tree. We always talk about the fig tree, right? Mark 11, 23. Listen what Jesus first thing. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you. Who is he speaking to? He's speaking to who? He's speaking to who? To us. That whosoever shall what? You got to speak to what? The mountain. He said, whosoever shall say unto this mountain. Your mountain is whatever you're going through. He's telling you, this is what you got to do. Is he saying, this is what I'm going to do? No. He's telling who? He's telling you to speak to what? Your what? Your situation, your problem. Whatever it is. He said, I want you to speak to it. Quick, coming to me. He said, I have given you the authority. I have given you the right to speak to whatever comes to your house. And if that mountain don't supposed to be in your house, quit telling me about the mountain. Speak to it. Tell the mountain, you don't belong here. Get out of my house. But what we do, oh God, oh God, what am I do? Help me, Lord. He gave you a command. He said, I'm going to say it again. Verily I say unto. Verily I say unto. Verily I say unto. Verily I say unto. That whosoever shall say unto this what? Be thou. And be thou. 
to where? Now, this is the key. You speak into that mountain, you telling it to go, and it said, and doubt not in what? But shall believe that those things which he shall come to pass, he shall have whatever he say. Look at how many times say is in that verse. We got to say. You got to say. You got to speak to that mountain. You got to tell that mountain to be thou removed. That's the voice of faith. God want us to speak faith. Speak faith. Speak what you believe. And you can't believe it if you're not in the word of God. People will stir you up for a moment, but that moment won't last. You got to get rooted and grounded in the word. And the more rooted and grounded you get in the word, whatever seed that's planted that's not the word, it will come up. Because the word overpowers everything, y'all, that we're going through. Faith has a voice. You have to speak only what you believe. Don't speak hoping that it come to pass. Speak knowing that it's already come to pass outside of how you feel. Don't go on your five senses. Go on what the word of God says. The word of God will never change. Take time out to get in the word. It grieves the Holy Spirit. That's why I'm so grieved now. What are we lacking in the body of Christ? The word. The word. What's the point of coming in the house of God when you're getting taught the word of God and you don't go home and apply it? You got to get in it. You can't leave your Bible shut. It's a time in our lives that is crucial, y'all. Things are coming upon this earth that man cannot help you. Don't you see it? Young folks are dying. People are going in, in all kind of directions. The love is waxing cold. People are so much in wickedness that they are doing anything. And if we're not in our place to where we need to be, we'll be doing exactly what they're doing, trying to make it. We have to have the word. Get into the word. And for some reason, that's a tough place for some people. They go everywhere and do everything but leave the word out of what they're doing, and it won't work. And can I tell you this? You don't have to indulge yourself. I mean, just go in there and just, mm, mm, I got to get it, got to get it, got to get it. Uh-uh. Just go before him. Open the word and begin to read it and say, Holy Spirit, show me what you want me to see. Show me. He will open your eyes. And he will allow you to see the wonderful things out of the law. Y'all, this word is so precious. And the more you get into it, the more your life begins to change. Your mind begins to be transformed. Faith has a voice. Only speak what you believe. And you cannot believe it, not unless you get in it and the word get in you. And that's how you're going to begin to live. Amen. We won't be like windshield wipers going back and forth we will be steady on what the word says amen so look at your neighbor and say neighbor faith, faith has, a has a voice only speak what you believe amen hallelujah this is what i'm gonna do i'm gonna do some decorate decreeing and declaring over your life today and as the word of god is going forth I just want you to receive what God is saying for your life. Amen. 
Now, this is what I want to decree and declare because I understand in the body of Christ, these are the things that really get us down more than anything. The first number one thing is money. It's money. People can't live with it and they can't live without it. I'm going to say it again. People can't live with it and they can't live without it. God wants us to hold fast to our confession of faith without wavering because those that waver a lot are tossed what to and fro but this is what God is saying I'm going to say this first of all know who your shepherd is the Lord is your shepherd you shall not want now stop right there and ask yourself what does that mean to me that's how you do it You make it personal. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not lack in any area. Why? Because he is my shepherd. Then you got to go back and say it again. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. I shall not want in any area. Because the Lord is my shepherd. Everything that I need, I already have because he know what I need before I need it. He is my shepherd. And I shall not want. That's how you got to do it. You have to talk to yourself and say, self, the Lord is my shepherd. And I shall not lack. I shall not want in any area because he supplies all of my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. That means it don't come through what I do. It already came by Christ Jesus. So, God, I accept all your spiritual blessings in heavenly places through Christ Jesus. It is already mine. Why? Because I honor your word and your word said give and it shall be given unto me. How is it given? Shall men give into my bosom? See, you honoring God's word and you doing what his word tell you to do. So guess what? The word is open to you because you obeying what God's word is saying. It's already yours, but you're living by it. Now, the next thing is, so we're going to break the power of lack off of your life. And the reason why the power of lack is on your life, because you choose for it to be on your life. You made the choice for lack to be there. How? Because lack has a voice. Because when you start complaining, I don't have this and I don't have that. Don't know where I'm going to get this. Don't know how I'm going to get that. Done borrowed too much from Peter to pay Paul. Can't borrow from Paul to pay Peter because I done borrowed. My borrowing days are over now. So that's why you have lack in your house, because you're voicing lack. My job ain't paying me enough. I need a better paying job. God says that when you faithful over a few things, he will make you ruler over many. So if you ain't faithful over the little, God ain't going to make you rule over much when you ain't doing right with the little that you have. Lack has a voice. And you're voicing how you feel and what's in your heart. So, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we take control over the spirit of lack in this place in Jesus name 
We bind it. We curse it at the root because, God, we don't lack in any area because you are our shepherd and we shall not want. We have abundance and what? No lack. Now, the next number, the second thing is our health. The Bible tells us, beloved, I wish above all things that you shall prosper and be in good health, even as your soul shall what? Prosper. Have you noticed prosper and good health is twins? First thing is prosper, then it's good health. For some reason, when we're prospering, we're in good health. <laughs> Y'all don't get it? When you prospering, you smile. And let somebody be on their sick bed and tell them they want a million dollars. Let's go. I'm healed. <laughs> Beloved, I wish above all things that we should prosper and be in good health, even as our soul shall prosper. When your soul is prospering, your mind, your will, and your emotions, guess what? You're prospering and you're in good health because it's released from the spirit. So we are prosperous because God, it gives God pleasure to see his servants prosper. Amen. He takes pleasure in our what? In our prosperity. So God wants us to have what we need, but he will also want us to be in good health. Guess what? The word says, by Jesus Christ, we were already healed. So when we say by be healed be made whole in Jesus name guess what that body got to do it got to line up with what you're saying but guess what's happening to our body for years people we have given our body signal from the brain to say you're sick you're going to be like your daddy you're going to be like your mama you're going to come down with this you're going to come down with that because that's what the world say the world say if it's in your family, that's what you're going to have because it's coming either from your mother or your father's gene. But the Bible tells me that we're coming from who? Jesus. That the blood of Jesus have already cleansed us, have already broken every generational curse that has come through the generation. So I have the blood of Jesus. So see, when we know all of these things and we're hearing all of these things, we cannot project these things because even if you're not saying it and you're thinking it, your body is reacting to what you're thinking. When you say you got high blood pressure because it runs in your family, then that's what you're looking for. You have what you say. But when you tell your body you don't receive high blood pressure because high blood pressure ain't in the kingdom. But then you got to use common sense. Quit eating everything that you shouldn't be eating. And then going to pray. I ain't got no high blood pressure. Give me a piece of that pork chop. Matter of fact, give me two pieces of them pork chop. Give me some of them pig feet while you at it. Throw in them chitlins too. And what's in them collard greens? Can't eat turkey in them collard greens. Put some ham in there. I'm the healed of the Lord. Bless his sweet name. Eat anything you want to eat and it won't harm you. <laughs> And then give me my blood pressure pill before I eat these pig feet. (laughs) Then you go to the doctor. These things ain't working. I need a high dose on three things of blood pressure medicine. You know why you on three? Because you're eating wrong for one. It might be eating wrong. Then it might be because you're stressed out with money. Or kids. You better get to the root of what's going on with you or you're going to be on four or five and, and so dizzy and eat your blood pressure to pills. You better seek the Lord while he can be found. This is the truth, y'all. 
That's why we have to go into the word of God to hear what the word is saying before we try to get a quick fix and then everything else is tore up. First you was praying for your blood pressure. Now you're praying for your liver, your kidneys, your heart, and everything. Because you don't got a pill for every one of them for dysfunction. It's the truth. They're taking pills off the market now because these pills causing cancer. Beware. After you don't took them for years. What am I saying? Seek the Lord while he can be found so you know what you're injecting in you. Yes, seek the Lord. Ask him about it before you just take it. Say, Lord, you know where I am in you, but you know what's in here too. <laughs> so I need some help. Help me, Lord. Y'all, this is for real. We laughing. But this is for real. I need some help, Lord. I need to hear what you have to say on this thing. And God will help you if you want help. He will tell you what to do and how to do it. Y'all, this is no joke. So we're speaking today. We are the healed of the Lord. Healing is the children's bread. He sent his word and he has healed you and he has delivered you from your destruction. So I say be healed. Be made whole in every area of your life. God has sent his word and he has healed and he has delivered. And you know what? We're taking that word as our medicine on the day. We are the healed. We are the prosperous. The joy of the Lord is our strength on today. And God, we thank you that we have everything that we need. Guess what? Faith has a voice. What do you believe? Amen. To God be the glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is just so honorable, isn't he? The daughter sitting ahead of my aunt, she's in a yellow jacket. Could you come up here, please? Of course, she didn't know who my aunt was, but my aunt knew who she was, so I can say tap up for me. <laughs> 